Hello and welcome to the Bottom Bins podcast. This is our 30th episode. Can't believe we've we've managed to hit that milestone already Crazy. in the space of what four months, three months. Mad. Mm-hmm. Absolute madness. Um but yes, very, very special episode planned for you today. This is our League Cup Finals preview. We've got two games to cover. The English League Cup final between Manchester United and Newcastle United. And seeing as we have a massive resident Celtic fan in Owen, we thought, hi, why not give our, our hand a try and to cover the Scottish League Cup final, the old firm Derby, Celtic versus Rangers. I'll come to you first then, Owen. We're going to start with Scotland. Um, look, old firm Derby, probably the biggest Derby in football. Um, one of those Derbys that there's real hatred um, behind it and real real passion between both sets of supporters. Um, you've been a Celtic fan all your life, Owen. How special is it that uh, it's not just an old firm Derby, but it's an old firm Derby where both sides meet in a game that ultimately decides one of the cup competitions this season? I've got to just add that extra bit of grit to it and that extra praise at the end of it. Look at every game, it doesn't matter if Celtic Rangers are playing each other and bloody tiddlywinks, it would still draw 70,000 to come and watch it. Like, yeah. Look, as you said, there is that real hatred between the two sets of supporters. Um, look, at I, as a Celtic fan, I do hate them, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, look, at the last time this happened, it has, it's actually been a while since we had a Celtic Rangers final, it was 2019, the last time we had a final, one, like, one of my favourite games of all time, Celtic yeah. Raw Rangers in the League Cup final. <laughs> Julian scored a goal where about four Celtic players were offside. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Morales had about 18 million shots to go. Oh, that was brilliant. I still watch it. Sometimes me and my dad they come home from the pub or something, sticking it on. The version highlights it's class. I'm, I'm buzzing for it. Like, and look at it. As you said, it's probably it's definitely the biggest derby in Europe, if not the biggest derby in the world. So, it, and having that praise at the end, you're going to see one team having to watch the others lift the trophy. It just adds that extra bit of intrigue and. and uh, stuff to the derby that you really want to watch it and I'm really looking forward to this one yeah absolutely lad absolutely Oren obviously you would have watched a lot of Celtic as well mm-hmm. um, it's it's quite interesting here because um, the one thing I, I, I sort of want to talk about is the fact that you know over here in the north of Ireland um, obviously Celtic and Rangers does have that sort of uh, religious um, divide there mm-hmm. between it but um, like look I'll, I'll openly say it here I not going to lie to you. I always like to see Celtic doing well. Always want to see to see Celtic winning the league. But I wouldn't class myself as like a Celtic supporter, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. You know, I would care more about Man United than I would care about Celtic. But look, you've watched a lot of Celtic over the last few years. Yeah. But you wouldn't necessarily class yourself as a Celtic supporter either. Obviously, you'd be the same as me. You just like to see them do well. Yeah. Um, what do you what what have you taken from Celtic over the past few years? Obviously, we've also seen them in the Champions League this year. What sort of level um, do you think Celtic are at right now, and and where are they looking to sort of progress in in future years? Mm. Well, look, I'm, uh, it would be hard for me to give a, an in depth view on this here because I I really only have watched Celtic consistently since living with Owen, um, and for the last three years, minus the year that Owen was in America and I was in Liverpool we would have watched near enough every Celtic game together. Like, yeah. um, So, even the progress I've seen in the ne- in the last few years between Neil Lennon's last tenure at Celtic and Ast- uh, Ange Postacoglu's tenure is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it, it's been a meteoric rise, to tell you the truth, especially whenever Stephen Gerrard led uh, Rangers to their first league title. Um, and it's just... Me and Owen have always had the... the Opinion that Stephen Gerrard was never a great manager, and he just he came into Rangers at the right time. Covid came at the right spell for Stephen Gerrard, or he would have been sacked. 
and uh, we we ultimately feel that you know not the greatest manager but Celtic were in a bad run of form and Rangers could have had anyone at the helm and they capitalised on that bad spell for but yes as Owen said first day first league cup final between the two in a while um, Celtic look I expected them to do a lot better in the Champions League in their group this year to tell you the truth especially after the first result against Shakhtar um, in their first game against Shakhtar I seen a lot of positives from Celtic and I thought they were going to bring that into the last two games in their group but it just didn't really click for Celtic, uh, unfortunately. Um, but look, this season, they've been absolutely phenomenal. Um, me and Dorman were actually talking about it in the way in today. Like, that attacking prowess is f- fantastic. They've got Kyogo, who's amazing. They've got Daisy Maeda scoring goals now, who last year couldn't hit a barn door on no. one, could he? Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, you can't, you, what else can you say about Ibada and Jai Jada like them? two boys are, are destined for the Premier League mm-hmm. um, but the unsung heroes of the team um, one of the players I was mentioning was Aaron Moy um, you know he came into the team uh, he was always going to be a backup and now he's, he's making himself a real oh, he's fantastic he's, he's, the World Cup he's been unbelievable he's a stalwart in that Celtic midfield now and obviously Rio Hattate you could put that fella in that and he'll do a job yeah, for you very, like very, yeah, very talented footballer um, so you have to praise Ange Postacogli for the recruitment because Look, we've said it before, they do spend a good bit of money in terms of the Scottish League. So they might spend two or three million or five to eight million on players, but they're not going out for the top, top talents, but they're going out for players that they feel will deliver for the club instantly and for the future. And that's why, with Ange's experience in the J League before coming to Scotland, that's why his signings ultimately have succeeded at Celtic so far. And look, long may it continue with Ange Postacogli at the helm. There will be a lot more success for Celtic. It's just whether he could be pried away to Premier League clubs is my only worry for Celtic in the future. Yeah, yeah. Look, Connor. Obviously, you know, as as Warren has said, there the the, the thing about um, clubs like Celtic and Rangers is because they are playing in in the Scottish Premiership. Their best talent, their best players, uh, the, the best managers are probably likely to be picked by, not like by all means, Celtic and Rangers are massive, massive clubs, but ultimately it's not enough to keep players at those clubs anymore, especially if Premier League clubs come sniffing around. Yeah. Um, everybody just seems to want to play in the Premier League at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, have you, what have you enjoyed um, about the, the Scottish League this season? Obviously, look, Celtic far and away clear there yeah, at, at the top of the yeah. table don't get me wrong Still, I know there's still a lot of football to play but personally I can't see Celtic dropping what is it 8, 9 points 9 points, nine points. Yeah. Can't see it's massive yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I can't see yeah. can't see Celtic dropping 9 points from now until the end of the season to be quite honest but look as some of us from the outside here obviously would you just expect Celtic to beat Rangers or do you do you think this game's going to be um, a bit tighter I think it I think it's going to be a tight game ever since uh, the new managers come in uh, Beal uh, Rangers are unbeaten 13 wins one draw I know maybe the competition haven't play, played hasn't been the greatest but they seem to have improved a lot because I in agreement with you Spice, I didn't think Gerard was a good manager I think he got lucky as in he came in at the right time when Rangers were low so basically anything he done was seen as a positive yeah. and he got a lot of time with the Covid and also because Celtic were so superior he just got away with he lost a lot of finals he lost a lot of big games won um, one trophy one trophy like they, I think they lost the two fi- St Johnson won like two they didn't get the final St Johnson yeah. beat them in St Johnson beat them twice so. and St Murren beat them in the League Cup like the year they went unbeaten and yeah. surpassed Celtic they say like 
my mom was in the job for about four years <laughs> <laughs> and he won one trophy yeah. and so was, all of a sudden he was touted as yeah. the next I think it was just because he won the manager. league but yeah. in other competitions he struggled uh, I do think Celtic are a superior team I actually when they played in the Champions League they played Real Madrid and in that first half they were unbelievable I yep. thought they were really impressed at home they were really good they played some good football they played good football under Ange I thought under Neil Lennon because my dad would support Celtic so I'd see them a bit and I thought under Neil Lennon they played some horrible horrible football mm-hmm. uh, so they needed to change and they made the change and you know they've got players like McGregor I see your boy Starfelt he's Romano was saying he's linked to the Premier League yep. he seems to be doing well mm-hmm. Boy Vickers is good too and as Oren says they have a lot of attacking prowess I think Rangers are improving though under Beale, apparently he was kind of like the brains behind the operation. The operation he was yeah. like the system manager and then yeah. he went back there. Uh, they have a few injuries as well coming into the game. And it seems like their striker, they're starting Morelos now <coughs> by the Croatian guy. He's Trimble. not even starting now. He's like the third choice now for some reason. I don't understand that one. But uh, I actually think it'll be a good tight game. But I would expect Celtic to win. Not just because of Celtic, but just because they play such good football. Mm-hmm. And they do have a superior team. So yeah. if they play up to their expectations they'll win this game. Yeah. Oh, and look, you, you obviously watch the Scottish League week in, week out. Um, so you do, not that you sit and watch Rangers, but you have to keep a clo- no, close eye on them, obviously, yeah. because they're realistically the only side that are ever going to challenge Celtic for the title. So what what have you seen since Bale's come into Rangers then? Have they looked like a better side? Because when Van Bronckhorst, when Van Bronckhorst was in charge, they were all over the shop. Are they a bit more organised? Are they playing better football now under Bale? They're... A wee bit more organised, I'd probably put it. Look, I know he hasn't lost his you know, results. Like the only time he's dropped points is when Celtic drew off them at Ibrox. But Rangers are conceding a lot of goals and relying a lot on late winners. Like, I know Celtic done that for years and Celtic were touted for doing that. But I, from what I've seen Rangers, their football doesn't look great. It doesn't look as fluid. The last couple of weeks, the last two or three games, they've probably played a bit better. <clears throat> but especially in the early in uh, January there they scraped a lot of results like they beat Aberdeen 3-2 they scored two goals that every mad. time that game was mad um, they beat Hibs 3-2 scored, scoring late goals like they were scraping results look at I know Celtic Rangers anything can happen on the day but if, if you took these exact same players exact same managers and play styles and put them in different jerseys the Celtic team would win that game 10 times out of 10 it's just that emotion and stuff that can come into it I am confident that Celtic will win this game I don't think Rangers are playing great football I think they're conceding goals I think there's ways at Celtic or at Rangers sorry like if teams like Aberdeen can score twice against you and Aberdeen are in in the doldrums if teams like Ross County are getting goals Hibs are getting goals against you when you come up against that Celtic attack that could be any combination of Mieta Kyogo Jada Abada James Forrest even Oh, the new signing, like that could t- completely turn out the fence open. <laughs> yeah, like Abada has now made a habit of destroying Border Barisic down that right hand side. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the last in the last three uh, the game, Rangers games, Celtic Park, Abada has actually scored the exact same goal every time. Owen, look, Owen, touched a wee bit on Rangers there, but this is ultimately. Probably the as Owen said, the biggest derby in Europe. Mm-hmm. It is it is just a, a massive, massive game. And look, like I said, I don't really watch Celtic, but I would always try my best to watch the the, the old firm derby because it's it is always a really, really tight game of football. And as Owen said, anything can happen. 
But Celtic are coming into this game with a squad that is much superior to Rangers. Some of the, as you've already mentioned, some of the, the, the talent within that Celtic side already looks like guys who are ready to, <coughs> to make a step up to, say, the Premier League. They have Champions League quality within their side as well. How are you seeing this game going? Do you think this is a walkover for Celtic or do you feel like it's maybe going to be a bit tighter? No, I definitely don't think it's a walkover, especially after the last Old Firm. Like it, both teams really, it, it was a gritty match, Like to be fair. Um, and look, this this isn't a much-change Rangers side that got to the Europa League final last year. Mm-hmm. Like this, They could have been going into this game as champions of Europe. Do you know what? Like It could have been very, very different. And from Prankhorst, may have still have been at the helm if they won the Europa League as well. What both of these clubs have, because I don't really want to get into the squad depth because I don't want to sound too biased or whatever as well, but what both of these clubs have is a very, very passionate set of fans. Passionate being one word for it, so let's keep it as passionate. <laughs> They've both got a passionate set of fans. Um, and I mind seeing whenever Rangers did make that run towards the Europa League final, it was their fans, really, that were keeping them in the game at extensive periods of every game. Um, and obviously, once they weren't at Ibrox, there was a bit more of a struggle. So, look, both teams have it all to play for. Um, it's a huge game, not just because it is one of the biggest stories in Europe, but it, in terms of bragging rights going into the rest of the season. like, And we're going to touch on it whenever we talk about United as well. The winning mentality is different. Once you win a trophy, that can shift something like that. Um, if it's Rangers, it could be a lot more beneficial for them in terms of the rest of the season because it could shift their momentum and it could shift Celtic's momentum in, in a um, deflating way, uh, let's say. However, if Celtic win, like Celtic are used to winning. Do you know what I mean? Like This is a team that are obsessed with winning over in the, in the last say two decades of Scotland Celtic have been absolutely obsessed with winning um, so they're used to this um, and if they win not only do they have the bragging rights of Glasgow and the bragging rights of Scotland but for the rest of the season Celtic won't drop another point mm-hmm. not a chance Connor, mm-hmm. both sides undoubtedly two of the most successful sides in world football they have won countless numbers of trophies Celtic are how many trophies behind at the minute Owen? Uh, four trophies behind. four trophies behind so look the question I want to ask you is there is um, they're coming very close to one another Celtic ultimately is it, it's next season that could catch them if they win everything if, if isn't it Owen? we travel this year um, if we win the next year's League Cup as well uh, we'll be level on trophies level on trophies yeah well look I'll put it to you like this Connor. let's say Celtic win um, the Scottish Cup um, the league this year, but they lose the the Scottish League Cup final here. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think then that uh, as Owen, as Owen has already mentioned about mentality, do you think maybe that could disrupt Celtic season a little bit, or do you think that look Celtic they're already nine points clear here at the top of the league, they're probably going to win the league and and they'll just move into the Scottish Cup yeah. expecting to win it as well. Um, that's a good question. It could because momentum's a massive thing. So if they could just end their run, like Celtic haven't lost since September to St Mirren. So if they could, if Rangers could get that over Celtic, even for next season, could be massive because I do think the league is over nine points is just too much. Yep. But they do play each other twice more, isn't it? Twice more, twice yeah. more. So you don't know. Um, but I, I do believe that Rangers do have some decent players, but I just think they're just not at that Celtic level. Celtic have had this team for a few years. They've got the good players in. Like they've brought this guy in, Rangers, this by uh, Tillman. 
Tillman, isn't it? Yeah. He's a good player. He's from Bayern. He's only 20. Mm-hmm. He's got, I think he's one of our top scorers and most assists. He's been very good this season. You know, players like Lundstrom was a good player in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, but I think, I think this is... It's maybe like a bigger game for Rangers in that way. Like they need something to put Celtic off because yeah. that's maybe the only way they could catch them. Maybe like a mentality thing. They beat them once, we can beat them again, we can beat them twice, yeah. and hopefully they slip up once. But I, I do I'm actually I actually would look forward to this game because I think it's gonna be a good game because Rangers actually have some good players, but like they've still have got like Alan McGregor in that, which is just crazy. The man's like forty two. Yeah, I know he's not a bad goalkeeper and all, but like still does the job, don't he? Still does the job, yeah, but like that's definitely still a good crazy. goalkeeper. Crazy, like he's still playing. But they brought in like see in January they got like Tom Cantwell in and this guy from like Raskin or something. Oh yeah, I haven't seen. Him and they've all, both yeah. apparently like I'm not saying I watch I have not watched much of Rangers, but apparently they have been good for them. Yeah, you know Beal's going to get more time. <clears throat> going to get more players in the summer it's probably going to take a few years to catch Celtic yep. that's how far ahead they are but I think I think it is a bigger game for Rangers I think they do need to win this game I know it's a big game for both but yep. for Rangers if they want to turn that title if they want to get a chance at the title they need to win this game because yep. maybe that psychological thing and then the manager could be like we can beat these boys mm-hmm. and then they play them twice more Oh, and obviously, in terms of, of both sides and both sets of managers, there you have two quality coaches. Um, you know, it was always touted that Bale was sort of, you know, Gerard was just the face for the media, yeah. but behind the scenes, it was Bale doing all the work. And you have Pastacoglu, who's come in and just been an absolute revelation. Plays genuinely some of the nicest f- uh, football that, that I think I've seen. Um, definitely in the Champions League this year, uh, when we when we would have sat down and watched Celtic, Celtic played some lovely, lovely attacking yeah, football. And well, yeah, look and look. And ultimately, when you do play the likes of Madrid and Leipzig, that is just that difference in quality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's different. Like, no disrespect to Kyogo, fantastic footballer, but like when it's Kyogo and Benzema, like there's a, yeah, obviously a very apparent gap of quality there. Um, but listen, in terms of those two sets of managers, then ultimately over their periods of time at their clubs, it's very important for Celtic to keep a keep a hold of Postecoglou, as you've you've said, Dawson, on the drive up up here many's many's a time, and it seems as though Rangers are going to stick behind Bale at least for a few years. So, who do you think has the higher ceiling in football? Uh, I've, I'm going to have. I know it's going to sound biased, but I'm going to have to say Postecoglou simply because of what he's won everywhere. On Postecoglou has been, he's won. Mm-hmm. He's been, he's managed <coughs> in Australia. He's won leagues there. He's managed in Japan. He's won leagues there. He's managed in Scotland. He's won a league there. He probably won another one this year. Mm-hmm. He took Australia to the World Cup in 2014. It was probably one of Australia's best performances. The World Cup. Oh, definitely. They got the knockout stage in 2006, but mm-hmm. in term on this year. But in terms of actually the football they played, they played some great football in 2014. Mm-hmm. Look at Postecoglou. I've said this before, and I still maintain it. I think Postecoglou is more important to Celtic than any player in Celtic's team at the minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference I feel between the two squads at the minute is Rangers are still relying on a lot of the players that won them, won them that COVID league. The likes of Ryan Kent, Morelos, Connor Goldson, Alan McGregor, uh, Barisic, Orfield, all these players are still in and around the starting la- lineup. But if you th- look at Celtic, Celtic only have two players who've been the strongest 11 who was there before Postacoglu's come in. Mm-hmm. And Postacoglu's made a transfer profit in that time, mm-hmm. which just shows how good his recruitment is. And if, if he is managing the Premier League club where all of a sudden he has 150 million spend transfers, if he's doing this with a 20 million transfer budget, think of what he could do with that kind of money backing him. Yeah. So, like, obviously I know at some point we're going to have to say bye to Ange Postecoglou, and it's going to be a very sad day for me, but I feel Ange Postecoglou has the potential to go 
right to the very top of management. You, are you do do you, could you see him managing in the Premier League then someday? Oh, yeah, I, I can definitely see him managing the Premier League. I definitely I could see him managing one of the big clubs in the Premier League. Right, more okay. than I could see him managing like a West Ham or something. Uh-huh. I could see Ange Postecoglou's future as like a Chelsea or City or yeah, Liverpool type manager. Just mm-hmm. the football he plays, his his IQ, how well he can adapt. Like when he came to Scotland, he had he didn't bring over. The only person he brought from his backroom uh, staff was his interpreter when he signed Kyogo. Yes. Um, so he came in, no backroom staff. He made it work the staff that Celtic had under Neil Lennon, which mm-hmm. was, like, frankly, just a nightmare fuel that season. So that's just a testament to the man, the man himself and the manager and how he gets behind the club. He, like, he understands the ethos of Celtic Football Club. He understands the fans. He understands the whole vibe about the place. And... He just, he's probably one of the best managers I've seen Celtic in my lifetime. I think he's up there with Martin O'Neill and Jack Steen. Obviously, he's going to need a few more bits of hardware to back that up, mm-hmm. that run. But I think if he if he stays at Celtic for another three years, which would be massive for us, um, he'd be up in that conversation as the best Celtic managers ever with Martin O'Neill and with the likes of Jack Steen. All right, okay. okay. That's not the first time he said that, by the way. Like as soon as Ange Postecoglou came in, one of the first things I once said to me after a few months of uh, Ange ball as they call it, um, he said, yeah, that's, he, he's going to manage Man City one day. And he said that multiple times to me. He believes in that much. Yeah. Maybe he is. Uh, m- m- maybe he will be the guy yeah. who takes over from yeah. Guardiola, you know? You, don't really hang out. He plays very good football. No, he, does, he definitely does. Like, that's what I mean. I don't watch Celtic, like, but when I, watched, when I did watch them in Champions League this year, they played some lovely, mm-hmm. lovely yeah. football. They were really, really good to watch, to be honest. It shows the faith that their fans have mm-hmm. in, in their manager at the minute. And to be honest, I was always one of these people that was like, I don't know why people watch the Scottish League, like, because it's literally just Celtic or Rangers every year. Mm-hmm. Like, I always, like, I, that's that was my, like, interpretation of it. I was always like, I don't know why you would just watch a two-horse race every year but when I watched Celtic in the Champions League this season I was like whoa that's some really 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 good football like mm, yeah. some really good football if you're fit to stick it up to, to the likes of Real Madrid and all like you're you're a good side like a but, really good side I mean, we literally just watched a team last night that couldn't keep up with um, yeah, Real Madrid smaller club smaller but that's club. how like they'll get to keep the players as well if they can continue to be in the Champions League and compete mm-hmm. then you can keep the players because I, they'll want yeah, and I, the manager will want to stay as well I don't know why you wouldn't want to I don't if you're an attacker I don't know why you wouldn't want to play for a manager like that like because yeah. it is literally just wave after wave after wave <coughs> after wave of attack like it's really really good to watch no, but Pasta Coglu's goal for Celtic is to make Celtic the likes of an Ajax or a Shakhtar Donetsk mm-hmm. or a Club Bruges, yeah. these teams that are constantly in European competition mm-hmm. and constantly competing, that they're like the, they're the pot three team that nobody wants to come out, that they're sitting there watching the draw and they're like, go, right, worst case scenario, our group's Real Madrid, Liverpool, or City, Celtic, oh, for God's sake, how do we get Celtic from pot three type yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's what Postacogli wants to build this Celtic team into. Look, at, he knows he's going to have to buy on sale and that's just the nature of the base in football for... Uh, if you're outside the top five leagues, you know your best players are going to have to move on eventually. Yep. But I have faith that Pascal can get us there simply because he's shown he hasn't really missed on transfers. Like James McCarthy, bit of a miss. Uh, Iriguchi never really played. They're the only two players that he's missed out of. I think he's brought he's brought in about nearly twenty players. Yeah, and they're the only two that have you define as missed. It's a good record, like. Good, good record, right? Well, the last question I'll ask you then, lads, is I want your prediction and score prediction. So, Owen, Celtic versus Rangers, what's the score going to be? 3 uh, 1 Celtic. 3 1 Celtic. Oh, uh, Owen? Celtic 4 2. Celtic 4 2. Connor? Yeah, Celtic 3 1. 3 1. Yeah. I'm going to say Celtic 2 1. 
Thickle bit tight. Mm-hmm. Thickle bit tight. All right, then. I'm going to pass it over to Owen now. Owen is going to host this uh, Carabao Cup final preview. So, passing it over to you, Owen. So, obviously, I have no horse in the race here, or as Connor would like to say, wag horse in the race. <laughs> um, so, the first question I'm going to ask you, lads, and I'm going to start with you, Owen, here, is where do you think is this game going to be won and lost? Because it's a finely plays game. If you look at the league table, it's fourth, or actually fifth versus third now. So it is a finely plays game, but what do you think is going to be the difference in this game? Who do you think is going to be the match winner? And do you think it's going to be more tactical or do you think it's going to be individual brilliance from a player? Jesus Christ, lad. Which one of them do you want me to answer first? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, look, it, it's going to be a tight game. It is going to be a tight game, obviously. They're, they're without their uh, starting goalkeeper probably the goalkeeper of England for the future, Nick Pope. Um, so it is going to be tough for them defensively as well, especially when they're... Look, they're not shipping a lot of goals, but they're not scoring a lot of goals at the minute, and United are free-flowing scoring at the minute. Um, but I really do think that this game is going to be defined by the midfield of both teams. Um, Kelsmero's back, um, and they've got Bruno Gamares back. Um, so it is going to be difficult, um, but it's going to be cagey. It's going to be exciting. Kelsmere and Sabitzer, they've only played one game together, I think, is it? Or have they even played together? They haven't played together. Yeah, haven't together. played together. I'm assuming that's what's going to be the, the lineup, unless they go with Fred just for that bit more of like comfortable midfield, that yeah. established midfield, let's say. Um, so it could be that. Um, look, I think Bruno Fernandes has been absolutely phenomenal this year, and I think he's going to be instrumental in our League Cup victory this weekend as well. Newcastle, massive, massive game for them. Nobody expected them to be in the league position that they're in at the minute. And, of course, I'd say even fewer people expected them to get to a cup final in their first proper, proper season under Eddie Howe. Um, so, look, massive game for both clubs, two of the biggest clubs in England's, in England's history. Um, hopefully a good spectacle. And, as we said, with Celtic and Rangers, especially, I think this game means a little bit more in terms of that psychological impact for the rest of the season. Because... Whereas Celtic and Rangers are kind of fighting it out at the top. We've got Manchester United who are just behind Arsenal and behind Man City. I fully believe if United win this game, well, I believe they will anyway, but I, f- I feel if they win this game, that mentality shift to win because these players haven't won before, really. Like, you've a few, a few players in the United squad that have won the Europa League with United, but not many of these players have won with Manchester United. And that wouldn't feel that Manchester United is instilled in their youngsters for generations because United's all about winning Um, so this taste of victory this taste of cup glory could be massive for United going into the rest of the season as they potentially put in a title charge for Newcastle it would be it it could it could be even bigger this is a club that they fell off the boil in the last few weeks but they're still not really losing games of course they lost to Liverpool but they've had a good few draws if they can get back to winning ways with a cup final victory not only is Eddie Howe going to be the man for the fans, but it could really push them to that Champions League, George. Fair enough. Yeah. I can't really argue mm-hmm. with any of the points you made there, lad. Um, I'm going to come to you this one, Richie, here. So, obviously, the last couple of seasons, well, in my opinion, we've seen a bit of re- a resurgence in the importance of the League Cup in England. So, I was going to ask you, how important do you think the League Cup is now to managers and players? And do you think this is something that Eric Ten Hag might have... Uh, Targeted from the start of the season to try and get a bit of silverware in the in the club. Yeah, I think look as as football fans, we all um, have a bit of a laugh and joke um, at the league cup. Sometimes you know we do probably call it the the Mickey Mouse competition. But um, look, the way I see it is, you know, Ten Hag said in, in one of his very first press conferences, you know, 
you're in four competitions, you're in it to win it. You, you know, you're in every competition to try and win it. And like, I completely agree with Oren. I feel like this is, this for both of these sides here, I don't think, it just, it's a real testament to both managers. Eric Ten Hag has only been in the job seven months and he's come in and he's in a cup final already. <coughs> Eddie Howe has only been in the job for less than 18 months and now he's in a cup final already. And what you would call his first proper season in charge of Newcastle. So both these, it's a testament to both these managers. They're both exceptional managers and they've done really, really well with the squads that they have. I, to me personally, just I think this trophy is more important to Manchester United. And the reason I think it's more important to Manchester United is for the exact same reason that Oren has said. This is a football club that has a culture of winning, winning trophies, winning games, uh, being in the biggest European competitions, playing under the bright lights. This is what Manchester United Football Club is all about. So to be back in, in, in a final for the first time since that Europa League final under Ali, it's just really, really important. And I feel like if United do win this game, which I really do believe that they can do, um, if they get through this game and they manage to beat Newcastle, to me this is the start of something. And I, I feel like fans of other clubs in England need to watch out because I feel like this trophy is going to be the one that kickstarts the next 20 year period of dominance for Manchester United. I think Eric Ten Hag has been the most important piece in this resurgence. We have finally got a manager that I can fully get my my full support behind and be like, I trust everything this man does. I trust his recruitment. If he says we need Vite Veghorst, well, he needs Vite Veghorst. If he needs Marcel Sabitzer, he needs Marcel Sabitzer. If he went out in the morning and said, I need fucking Alan McGregor from, from Rangers, yeah. I would trust that that's what he needs. I have full confidence in him, and I feel like he's going to be the, the man to bring Manchester United back into the promised land. And hopefully the first step towards that is on Sunday against Newcastle. Fair enough. Well, funny you've mentioned that. Uh, I know we kind of moved on away from Satic, but I want to go back to this. But this is kind of giving me similar vibes to like when Postacoglu came from Satic last mm -hmm. year. That there was a bit of a rocky start, the momentum's built, and now you've got the League Cup final, which is most the catalyst. Celtic won the League Cup last year yeah. for everything good happening to Celtic, and obviously you feel <clears> that <throat> if United can win this game on Sunday, it'll be something similar that that will uh, kickstart United's resurgence. Going to come to you yeah. here, Dorman. So obviously United's had a couple of years in the wilderness. Um, as you'd say, which for most clubs, the wilderness would <laughs> consistently get in European football would be great. But in terms, of, in terms of Manchester United, it's not been a great couple of years for them. No. So if I was to say that you'd start a season, United would win the League Cup and get Champions League football, would you have classed that as a successful season for United? 100%, especially after the first few games. Um, I'm in agreement with the lads. I think this is a massive game for Man United, even for the momentum. Like um, Pep Guardiola's and... Uh, Mourinho's first trophy in England was the League Cup. Mm -hmm. That's where they started, and look where they got. Yep. Multiple Premier Leagues, multiple FA Cups, um, and seven of the last nine winners have went on to win another trophy. So they just to carry on that momentum. And it's, for me, Ten Hag has just changed Man United for the better. Like This time last year, we were completely gone. It was just That's embarrassing. Right. It was embarrassing to even watch Man United. But... We've brought that winning culture back. We've only lost one game in 20 in all competitions. And, you know, Ten Hag's saying it earlier in the week there, he was like, we're used to playing big games now. And you can see that. We are winning the big games. And I fully expect us to win this game. Newcastle will be a hard team to break down, especially missing the goalkeeper. They're going to set up very defensively. It's going to be one in midfield. I don't think Newcastle have a strong midfield. I think Bruno is a big player for them. But I think, except for that, I know they have long staff, he's okay. But I think United are going to dominate the midfield 
And if they can take their chances, get the ball to Rashford, Bruno, Sancho, hopefully he comes in, he's been playing well recently. Yeah. I think United are going to win this game. But I do think, in agreement with the lads, this is massive for Man United. It's probably massive for Newcastle too because the Champions League football and they haven't won a trophy in over 60 years. But for Man United to get that first trophy, Ollie never got that first trophy. He lost a lot of big games. So if we can get that mentality, winning the big games, who knows what the rest of the season can unfold and then years to come. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to you here, Warren. So you obviously you've talked <coughs> about this being a massive moment. Um, do you feel that if Newcastle were to win this game, they could kind of, as you're talking about, deflate United a wee bit and could impact them a wee bit more in that like that title race type thing? Do you feel like obviously it's not worth any points in the title race, but you feel like a game like this is massive in the title race in terms of getting that winning feeling for a squad and giving them something to strive towards towards the end of the season? To me, well, look as Eric Ten Hag says. The next game's your biggest game. But this is probably the biggest week of fixtures in Manchester United recent history. Um, so we've got Barcelona, obviously, on Thursday night in the second leg, taking in 2-2 from that there. If we lose to Barcelona at Old Trafford, that mentality could be gone already. And the, the lads could be deflated going into a cup final. We have the we literally have the ability to be still trophyless in the last few years and out of the Europa League in the next two games. It's incredible. In the next three games, we could be out of the FA Cup, we could be out of the League Cup, and we could be out of the Europa League. It's massive. And our next Premier League fixture is against Liverpool. Probably our fiercest rivals ever. It's a huge, huge, huge lineup of fixtures for Manchester United. But as the boys have said, and especially as, as Richie has said, I fully back my manager. I fully, fully back my manager. I do think we could go to any stadium in the world and beat that team. Because... Eric Ten Hag just knows. He does his research. He, he knows what tactics to set up for certain players. He knows what tactics to set up for certain clubs. He just has that awareness that we've lacked since Sir Alex Ferguson. Like, obviously, we've had some of the best managers in world football come in after Sir Alex Ferguson and the likes of Mourinho. Um, and Louis van Hall, of course. But as we've spoke about many times in this podcast, I always felt that those managers never really adapted their style from when it was successful. This is a man who's currently in a successful spell. He's adapted his style since that Champions League run at Ajax. He's adapted his style from even last year where he didn't get too far in the Champions League, but he's brought that winning mentality that he had at Ajax into Manchester once again. What he's done with the youngsters and what he's done with his coaching staff, especially the respect I have for him for bringing in Benny McCarthy and what he's done to Marcus Rashford especially has been amazing and i seen yesterday that um, Simon Stone was reporting that uh, Jadon Sancho was asked for one-to-one sessions with Benny McCarthy and look if that happens Jadon Sancho is going to be an absolute monster as well um, it's huge for Manchester United that's why it is that little bit bigger for United than it is for Newcastle obviously they'll be pushing for top four we need to kind of get off the stigma that like we know that Newcastle's not going to be challenging for the title this year, and that's absolutely fine. They shouldn't be anywhere near, to tell you the truth. Um, but they are because of their manager and just the way they've instilled that ethos back into the club. Um, but Manchester United are genuinely in a title race. Um, so if we get that win and feeling, who knows what this club could do? Who knows what this team could do under Eric Ten Hag this season? Let's not even talk about next season. Let's not even talk about the new seasons under new management or under new owners. Sorry, with funds, with everything. As Connor said, this genuinely could be the beginning of a twenty-year dominant period for Manchester United. And look, 
it is scary, but not for us. Fair enough. Yeah, it, obviously, <clears> at the minute, it's there's a real good feel good feeling about Manchester United. There has that hasn't been there for a long time. Obviously, the news that the Glazers are all but out the door was obviously going to help that. Um, but Richie, just as United fan going in here, obviously we're not going to get a massive Newcastle perspective on this game because the three these are three massive United fans. You can't expect that from you. But as United fan, is there any third that particularly concerns you that Newcastle could get at United in this game? Um, look, the one thing I'll say about Newcastle is they have been absolutely excellent this season. They do not concede many goals. They have the best defence in the league for a reason. Eddie Howe has done a monumental job. Um, and, and like we keep saying every week on the podcast, you know, for a side that has the billionaire owners, they don't really spend big money. And when they do spend money, they normally spend smartly. The recruitment's been fantastic. Um, do I think Newcastle can, can get at and hurt United? Um, look, they played out a, a nil-nil stalemate um, at Old Trafford earlier this season. Um, I didn't think Newcastle offered a lot against Manchester United earlier this season. thought United missed a number of big opportunities and realistically that should have been another three points on the board for Manchester United that day. Um, I think Almiron's been excellent this season. Uh, Bruno Gamores, as we know, is just he is one of the better midfielders in the Premier League. Really, really good at sort of controlling the tempo of a game and obviously can break lines for them too. Joe Linton has seen a massive resurgence in his career as well since Eddie Howe has come in and has looked like a different player. Um, I think Isaac's hurt again. Uh, Wilson can can they rely on him to get it United? Um, I think I don't I don't know Owen to be honest. It's a very interesting question. Um, maybe I'm maybe I am being a bit biased here, and I'm just looking at it from one point of view. But I I just I, I just do think United are the superior side. To be completely honest, um, could be completely wrong after Sunday. Obviously, you know if Newcastle do manage to to beat United, but I, I just. I don't see a weakness with United at the minute. Um, I, I, whether it's Wan-Bissaka or Dallo that starts at the right-back, I think they comfortably lock up St Maximin. Um, whether it's Shaw or Malassia at left-back, I think they comfortably lock up Almiron. And if it's Varane and Martinez at the back, I don't think Wilson or Isaac gets a sniff, to be completely honest. Um, we have the best holding midfielder in world football that sits in front of that ridiculously good back four and solids it up. I do think he'll go with Fred, um, just for that more comfortable midfield. I, I don't think he'll want to throw Sabitzer and Casemiro into a game together straight away, mm -hmm. especially one that's as big as a as a cup final. <coughs> um I think the the thing the question that should be asked is uh, how do Newcastle contain Manchester United because we have the best player in the world right now and Marcus Rashford and uh, God forbid any defender that's playing against Marcus Rashford at the minute because they're just in for an absolutely torrid, torrid time. Um, really important game. Um, just going back to the question you actually asked um, Oren though, Owen, do, if United lost this, would it deflate their season? Um, I don't think it would deflate their season because the good thing about cup finals is if you win them, there's positive and lessons to be learned. But if you lose them, there's also lessons to be learned too. There's always that mentality thing when you lose a cup final as well. You can sit the boys down and go, do you want to feel like that again? Do you want to experience that type of the type of hurt, the type of pain that you're feeling right now? So I think in both ways, don't get me wrong, I don't want to be on the losing side. But even if United are on the losing side, there are still lessons to be learned. They've done well to get to the cup final uh, thus far. They've been absolutely excellent in the league this season. This is the first time in about six or seven years as a Manchester United fan that I have actually been happy um, and not waking up every week going, oh, 
geez, are we going to be mediocre this week or are we going to look like Man United again? For the first time in, in about six or seven years, I'm, I genuinely couldn't be happier right now. I love my football club again. I love the players. I love my manager. And I really do feel like United's going to win this game on Sunday. Fair enough. Yeah, as you said, there's a really great feel-good factor about now at the minute. You're starting to see a few old AIG jerseys starting to crawl out of the woodwork <laughs> from a few people who haven't put them on in a while. Um, so, Dorman, obviously Newcastle prides themselves in their defence and keeping clean sheets, and obviously a massive part of that's Nick Pope, who isn't going to be involved on Sunday. So how important do you think that's going to be, hurting Newcastle's chances as missing Nick Pope for this game? Oh, massive. I think he's been the best goalkeeper in the Premier League this season. His shot stopping and... You know, he's kept 12 clean sheets. He's a big part of why Newcastle have conceded the least amount of goals in the Premier League. I think this game's actually come at the wrong time for Newcastle because they're kinda, their momentum's kind of gone. They've drawn a lot of games. They've just lost at the weekend to Liverpool. They did show fight in the second half, but we've seen how bad Liverpool were the other night there. Liverpool are not the team they were. Um, losing Pope's just going to be massive. That's not what you were saying last night. Yeah, I thought Liverpool yeah, were, I I thought thought were back. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw up and Dorman comes into me, Liverpool are back, he says. They were 2-0 up, but listen back to the podcast the other day. I don't know last night, 2-0 up and you came into me. No, I said maybe Liverpool are back. Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't hear maybe. No, but it's come at the wrong time for Newcastle, I think, and United are just flying at the minute. And it just the only weakness maybe would be a set, set pieces because Newcastle are very strong from set pieces. The tall players and Trippier can cross the ball. That's the only way I can really see Newcastle getting at United. Almiron's been good enough this season, but he hasn't been in recent times. He missed a good chance against Liverpool. Uh, again with the boys, I don't know how United is going to lose this game. They're just in such a and with the, as Richie was saying, they're like the confidence is back. Like we're confident we're going to win games. Like. Last year or whatever, it was like, oh, we're dreading games. It's yeah. like, oh, I can't be bothered watching this. But now I'm excited and I think we'll be at Barcelona on Thursday and I think we'll be at Newcastle on Sunday. Yeah. And it's going to just transform the club. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So this was kind of about the final, but I want to ask you about, obviously Nick Pope's going to miss this game because he got a red card in the Premier League. Bruno Gomares was sent off in the semi-final of this competition, but he's cleared the play. And obviously if United had appealed Casemiro's red card, there was the risk that he'd be suspended from this final. So I'm just hoping that's up to all of you. But do you feel it's right that a player can be suspended from one competition for an action than another competition? Well, I think because the competition is called the League Cup, mm -hmm. I can sort of understand why players, uh, why, why those cards would carry over. Um, I do understand that one, to be completely honest. Um, look, it's unfortunate for Newcastle that, that they've lost Nick Pope big time. I, I agree with Connor. He has been the best goalkeeper in, in the league this season, all round. Like he's, he's been absolutely fantastic. And it, it's a real shame. And then, obviously, you know, Dubravica's cup tied as well. Um, he had played for Manchester United at the start of the season. And, and now they're having to rely on, on Karius um, to come in tonight. He hasn't and, played a game in two years. Yeah. I mean, imagine he's sick. The last, <laughs> the last cup final Karius was in. Um, that didn't go too well, did it? So, um, look, it's unfortunate for Newcastle in that sense, but having Bruno Gamora's back is definitely a big, big help to them. They, do you know the genuinely the only thing that's sort of worrying me about this game? It's not even the suspensions or anything. It's just the fact that Newcastle have had eight, eight days between the Liverpool game and the cup final. They've had plenty of rest, mm -hmm. plenty of opportunities to get coaching, get a bit of get some good training in, prepare for Manchester United. You know, United have had a game on Sunday, then they play Barcelona on Thursday. 
Then they have the cup <clears> final <throat> on Sunday. It's not a whole lot of recovery time yeah. in there. Plus, like they're going to come out of the Barcelona game, depending on how that game goes. They're either going to be in good form or in bad form. Um, then they have to prepare then for the next two days to play a cup final against Newcastle. Who look? Let's be honest. Yes, okay. They maybe have dipped a wee bit off in form, but they, but they're deservedly sitting where they are in the Premier League this year. They have been fantastic. So these are two incredibly tough games in Manchester United season. But look, the the way I look at it is, if they get through Barcelona, take Barcelona to Old Trafford, beat Barcelona, then go to Wembley on Sunday and beat Newcastle. Look, I, I don't think anybody can't look at Manchester United as the real fucking deal. Mm-hmm. To Absolutely. Make it look, to be honest. It's got, it's, look, we've seen United. Uh, the only thing that worries me is how United approach their attack and play. We've seen United a lot recently. Look at them over the top, high balls and stuff. That's not going to work again, Don Byrne. Where you want to beat Don Byrne is on the ground. Because mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. when you've Jaden Sancho going up against Don Byrne as your left back, or, well, it's not going to be Anthony. Well, it might be Anthony, I don't think so, but if it's Jaden Sancho, which it likely is going to be, he will destroy him with his feet. Destroy him with his feet. Rashford is just faster than Trippier, so if, if that ball is played, it, it depends. It just does depend how they approach their attack and play because it could be one on the wings. I know we've said it could be one in midfield, but it could be one on the wings. Um, but as the boys have said... And I know we're probably not giving Newcastle the credit that they deserve, but it just Manchester United have been more impressive throughout yeah. not just this campaign but the entire season. Yeah. And it just does look like the the tides are turning for Manchester United once again. And as I said to Richie yesterday on the on the parlay preview that we've done, the boom is back. Listen, Newcastle had it squeaky in those two legs against Southampton. They did. Southampton did make it difficult for Newcastle. Yeah. Like. That's like I agree with you. Or like Newcastle just haven't looked that impressive, really, from we've come back from the World Cup. Yeah. To be honest, they have sort of taken a big yeah. sort of dip off in form. And like the thing is that like I like genuinely I would say Newcastle are dreading this game more than Manchester United because they're bound to be looking at it going, oh shit! Like we have to play United. Like how do we stop Marcus Rashford? How do we stop yeah. that side? Like, mm-hmm. They're gonna sit really deep though, and they're just gonna double up on the wings. That's the way they're gonna play, and they're just gonna hope they get a counter or. A goal from a set piece. That's the only way they're going to win this game. United are so good at that, though. Like You see when defences are playing uh, deep and then they end up going closer and closer and closer to the goalkeeper. United, this season especially, have been so good at nicking the ball away and just getting a goal. But that's why under Ten Hag that has been an improvement Mm -hmm. because that's the way he wants to play football. Mm -hmm. He wants to play. He wants the possession. He wants to play on the front foot. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that with United this season, as you said. I don't don't think Rashford's even the key player in this game, to be honest. I think it's Bruno Fernandes Mm -hmm. because I agree with you, Connor. I do think they're going to double up on Rashford and double up on Sancho or Anthony, whoever it is that plays out on the right-hand side. So it's up to our number 10, i.e. Bruno, to go and... (laughs) 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> to go and find little pockets of spaces the same way I was talking about Madison a couple of weeks ago the way he just like sort of drifts into spaces <laughs> I think Bruno's really good at doing that too you know, Bruno had that famous quote where he said I always look at where the referee is and mm. then I go and stand on the referee yeah. it'll be up to Bruno to find those wee pockets of space and when you give Bruno time and space on the ball look we know his quality we always know he's going to be able to pick anybody out with a Travella pass or a beautiful inch perfect through ball Bruno Bruno <laughs> We know what he brings to the game. We've even seen it against Leicester at the weekend, like the pass to Rashford and then the ball. Even the ball to Dallow was unbelievable, which he missed. And then the ball to Sancho as well. He's our player that can pick out a pass. We've Mm -hmm. said this, I think he missed, like the last game we lost in the Premier League was we lost Arsenal, but Aston Villa as well. When when he missed that game, we just looked a different side because we couldn't pick out 
the players, the passes, mm-hmm. you know. And I think Bruno is, as you say, a key player because he needs to find the spaces. Hopefully nobody gets injured on Thursday night. That's key That's another for thing, United. Yeah. Can't have boys get injured against Barcelona. And I honestly, boys, sitting here right now, I would rather beat Newcastle on Sunday than beat Barcelona on Thursday. I'd agree. I, d- I do think yeah. we have the capabilities of winning both games. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. But if it come down to it and somebody put a gun to my head and said you could only win one, I'd rather win the game win on Sunday. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I can see where you're coming from there because realistically for a club like United, when Europa League's more about the Champions League football next season. Yeah. Yeah. Now, unless United have... An, capitulation that I can't see coming they're going to be in the Champions League next year so Europa League is just really a bonus but getting that winning feeling can't be overstated how important it is mm-hmm. Oren talked about Rashford uh, down that side I think I think that is crucial is the battle between Rashford and Trippier and I think the best way to try and defend that is for Trippier to get Rashford to go the other way and try and attack a wee bit more because we know how good Trippier can be when he oh, has the ball in his feet so I feel that is the crucial part for United but Uncharacteristic for me, I actually do think United is going to win this game. Well, that's what I was about to ask you. Like, you're always backing against United every week in the podcast, whether <laughs> it's a piss take against us or whatever it is your genuine views like. But surely you can see that this club's going in the right direction. Like, no, they, they definitely are. Like, I've said it a couple of times now, the feel good factor is back. They've great players. Rashford is playing out of his skin, is on form, probably the best player in the world. Um, Ten Hag is come in and done a fantastic job after the pitchforks were starting to be sharpened at the start of the season, which just shows that you can't, you can't just jump to conclusions. Mm-hmm. You have to give this time. So things are ticking in the right direction for United. And look, United do look like they're back, as Real Ferdinand would say. <laughs> um, Get the contract out. <laughs> <laughs> just for a bit of fun here, lads, I'm going to ask you like your combined 11 from the cup final here. So, Orin, I'm going to ask you to go here first. Who, what would be your Newcastle United combined 11? Newcastle and United. Um, Give me all 11. De Gea, <laughs> Dallo, Veron, uh, <laughs> Martinez, Shaw, Casemiro, Bruno Gomorraes, um, Bruno Fernandez, Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, and. We work worst. You take. Uh, Dolo over Trippier really yeah uh, well to be to be honest I shouldn't have said Dolo I'd say Wan-Bissaka for <laughs> Richie <laughs> um, love De Gea but uh, this season definitely I would go Pope um, I'll go Trippier it's uh, two centre backs I would go Botman and Martinez Shaw at left back Casemiro DM Bruno Gomorrez and Bruno Fernandez at centre midfield this season I would go Almiron on the right uh, Rashford on the left and fuck I'm going to have to say Vaghorst aren't I like, and I don't want to say Vaghorst because I don't like fucking like Vaghorst uh, no I'm going to go when he's fit Wilson up front fair enough <laughs> oh, are you talking about when they're fit or for this game just been in general really to be honest with you oh first well then Pope and Trippier would be in for me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant yeah. going into this game. I was just taking it off like this season, if you know yeah, what I mean. Like, what's this, season, been, like, this season? I, I was just thinking about this game. Like the only player I would take in the United team for this game would be Bruno Gamora. Mm. To tell you the truth, for this game, but yeah, yeah. Over, over the season, yeah, over the yeah, Trippier, Trippier's yeah. better and Pope's been better. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I would just go Pope, uh, Trippier. You got to put a Newcastle centre back in, probably Batman, as he said. Um, Martinez probably be more consistent. Who Martinez or Rand doesn't matter. Uh, you doing Shaw. a spell over there? <laughs> no, I was just whispering myself. Uh, two Brunos, 
Casemiro, Almiron, Wilson, Rashford. Yeah, because Newcastle have been decent this season, so you have to give them some they points. The, like, yeah. They're defensive the best defense in the league. So clear for Newcastle, that's probably where the best matchup to United. That if you were like as United fan, you'd obviously go. Yeah, you take uh, Nick Pope with a heartbeat they're tripping mm-hmm. on heartbeat the strength in that team but up front that's even just talking about that like you're talking about oh who do you want to put in I don't like Weghorst but I'm going to have to put Weghorst in just shows how Newcastle are missing that bit up front Yeah. yeah. so just to wrap it up here lads I'm going to go for your scoreline cup final predictions Oren where you go Um. genuinely 4-0 Man United That's a bold one. That is bold. That's I don't even think it is. Rashford's going to score too. My man is going bold. No, I don't think he yeah. 4-0. I'm going to say 2-0 Manchester United. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-1 Man United. I think they'll score from like a set piece or something. Yeah. Uh, but I think United are far too strong. I feel that it will be 2-1 United after extra time. I just feel Newcastle will can nick a goal and sustain... Dog out the game. Dog out the game. But the, because it's the cup final, because there is that extra half an hour... I can't see them. I could see them holding it for ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Couldn't see them holding it for one hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, United two one after extra time. So I think that wraps it up. I'm going to pass it over. Well, back to do you know here. what I want? Seeing for as we did, you, lad. yeah. Seeing yeah. as we did a combined eleven for um, the the English uh, League Cup final, we could probably do mm-hmm. a combined eleven here of the Scottish Cup final. Oh, and I'm not going to lie, you're going to lead this one more than I'll be able to lead this one. Um, I can name you Celtic players. Can't name you Rangers players. <laughs> so. Um, do you want to take it away then? I'll, I'll be genuinely honest with you here. I'm probably going to name a full Celtic on that. Look at Joe Hart is better than Alan McGregor. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. Um, Greg Taylor has been one of Celtic's best players this season. Whether it's uh, Borna Barisic in left back or that by uh, the Turkish by the ball. I can't remember his name. That shows how good he is. <laughs> Greg Taylor vastly outperforms him. I, obviously Cameron Carter-Vickers has to be in there he's pr- probably the best centre-back in Scotland I would want to take Starfelt but I'll throw them a bone and I'll put Connor Goldson in there mm-hmm. I would say the only one that's not really debatable well the only Rangers player you could actually put in is Tavernier Tavernier probably yeah, to be yeah, honest yeah, Look, I would like to make a case for Alistair Johnson but obviously Tavernier has done it for a longer time mm-hmm. I, do, I think he's a bit defensively suspect I actually do think that's one of Celtic's best avenues is Mieta against Tavernier mm-hmm. um, three in midfield um, Rio Hatate has to go there he's the best player in Scotland he's been fantastic the last couple of weeks against Aberdeen there at the weekend he just he was just piss taken like yeah. um, you're going to have Rio Hatate in there then take your pick between Aaron uh, uh, Moy or McGregor Matt O'Reilly on the other side mm-hmm. and obviously Callum Cal McGregor's Martin nailed McGregor. on oh, well, McGregor has to be on it Callum yeah. McGregor's nailed Cal- on what about Lundstrom does he play in midfield for he Rangers he does play in midfield like he's primarily quality yeah, that way like you know I think he's, he's, he's been decent this season he's good and he has a shout but I know I'm the best head on me, but I think Aaron May has been on um, like Most different gravy for Celtic yeah, since yeah. since he's come back from the World Cup. Aaron May has keeps being the best player in Scotland, mm-hmm. and which is nine him because he keeps getting man of the matches and he hates doing interviews. <laughs> <laughs> My man, like the the questioner will ask Aaron May is like, so Aaron May talks for your goal, and he's like, yeah, put ball in that goal. Thank he can you. speak English, like <laughs> <laughs> he speaks so quietly, and he says like three words, and the interviewer is like, do you want to go into more detail? No. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the front three is in my opinion Celtic's strongest front three would be Jada on the left Abada on the right and Kyogo for the middle and that's this is the best front three in Scotland you could Alfredo Morelos on his day 
is an okay striker, but his day just doesn't seem to come anymore. Mm. So uh, well, yeah. he's definitely not a better striker yeah. than Kyogo. No, like, Kyogo's top Kyogo. scorer in Scotland. So yeah. that's would be my combined eleven would be the essential Celtic starting eleven with maybe James Tavernier and Connor Goldson in there, and that's me trying to be as open minded as possible. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, look, I think that'll do it for um, this. League Cup final preview episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, apologies to Newcastle fans if we didn't uh, if we didn't talk your team up uh, too much. Um, you just have three very um, very excited Manchester United fans for for Sunday's game, and I'm not apologising to any Rangers fans. To tell you the truth. Um, so moving it on then, lads. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. As always, find us on the Parlay Sports app. That's P-R-L-Y Sports on the Apple App Store. Follow our uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at Bottom Bins Pod for uh, all three of those. And if you haven't already, our Premier League, latest Premier League episode is out and up already. So please give it a listen if you haven't already. As always, keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom, bottom bins. bins.